What's up, everybody? Welcome to a belated second half of the draft special from the AFC Northcast. I am Joey, and I am joined, oh, with the pen, very studious appearance from Chad today. Yeah, I'm ready to take notes on how bad your takes are on the players that we talk about today. That's uh, good. That way I make sure to remember for next year. Um, The best thing about our timing for this is that nothing's changed. They released the schedule, which we will definitely not talk about for probably two months, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Mm -hmm. If the people here want hot, immediate takes, get back on your phone, hop on Twitter, and scroll away. If you want deep, well-thought-out, superficial superficially researched information that's this that's this we take a lot of time to do not a lot and then we bring it to you collectively and it's beautiful yeah i take a lot of time plagiarizing ravens beat writers in my notes so that i can bring that information to you on the I think we have a strong history of citing over 40% of the stuff that we hear from other people. At least. And honestly, dude, when we talk about the Ravens, I think you're going to think I'm plagiarizing because Ken McCusick, I think, was in my head when I was watching some of these players, for good and for ill. Um, He's, I think I'm rubbing off on him. He must be a listener. (laughs) Must be. Also, uh, what are you drinking tonight? I'm wearing oh. wearing my new Hollywood Brown jersey. Nice. He's number five. Right? Don't don't mind that it's Could you faded. Show us it's the back. brand new. Mind your business. Could you show us? <laughs> Could you show us the back? No, can't. Hmm. Do you even have your good quarterbacks jersey? No, I don't. I have uh, I have no, the only quarterback uh, that's won a Super Bowl MVP for the Ravens jersey. But it's not that one. Let's go, Lamar. No, this is a. It's not that. Definitely. That's, that's different. Not like it's a ten-year-old jersey. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you should be sporting your colors because we're talking about the Ravens today, but not quite yet. What are you drinking tonight, if anything? I am drinking a sweet Josie Brown ale, because I still nice. have all this beer from Lone Rider Brewery. I like it. I like it. Well, stay consistent. I believe that's what you drank for the last episode because of the, you know, wordplay because we covered the Browns. Yep. I have a special treat for you today, Joey. What you got? This is a uh, Hill Farmstead grassroots brewing uh, kind of deal here. Grassroots is like sort of a subsidiary of Hill Farmstead. This is Wachu Saison. And the reason I picked it is because I was looking at it and I was like, hmm, that seems nice. But then I said it a couple times and I was like, this is exactly how I'm going to be reacting to most of the stupid stuff Joey says about his team's <laughs> picks. And I'm going to be like, what you, what you say, son? What you say? <laughs> so that's why I'm drinking the what you say, son, today. It's a Saison brewed with yuzu juice, yuzu yest. And I don't know what that is, but I'm guessing it's a fruit because <laughs> it's got juice and zest. Szechuan peppercorns. So it's got some spice to it. 
It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna pour that in a glass right now. And once I finish it, I'm gonna go with the Hill Farmstead Classic, which is Edward. If you're in Vermont and you're at a nice bar or restaurant and they've got Hill Farmstead, it's probably Edward. It's just a fine, fine ale. So I'm treating myself, Joey, as usual. Treat yourself. Yeah. Uh, any any news and notes? Lots of fun number things are happening for the Ravens. OTAs started today, and they have like 80 players show up, which is fun. You know, normally you hear about uh, the negative news and OTAs of players that aren't there, um, but lots of players are there, and that's what all the that's what all the vibes are in Baltimore. That's good, right? Is that what you want? Yeah. You want people yeah. there, right? The offense. Get the offense together. We got uh, the the Hollywood Brown in shorts hype train has left the station. That's it's critical. becoming an annual tradition. Um, <laughs> it's important to do that again because it worked out so well last year. Yeah. yeah. Is he still small? Uh, he looks more athletic than Joe Flacco. Can he break a tackle this year? Hmm, we'll see. Did he break any tackles in shorts yet? Does he need to break tackles? Yeah. He does. He does. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we can get more into that because he might not need to break tackles if he's just on the sideline. Hey-oh. He might just. He might just get a tweet. <laughs> I just get to get on the tweet. Tweeting about soldiers. Let's talk about the war. Ravens later, though. Let's talk about the Ravens later. I don't. I don't have any Steelers news. We're not like that. Like, there's lots of things that have happened, but it's not important enough for us to talk about. We'll talk about things, you know, as they develop in the preseason. Um, the Bengals have started voting on the Ring of Honor, so that's developing. So in a couple months when we talk about our season expectations you can look forward to us talking about the raven the bengals newly minted four player ring of honor three players and one coach and it's gonna be sweet but let's just let's just jump into the draft let's get let's it. draft picks people that are listening to this just think like i'm just not quite saturated with draft stuff so let's get it let's get it Bengals were the first team in the AFC North to draft. They drafted with the fifth pick. It's very dramatic in Cincinnati. There's many people that wanted Penny Sewell. There's many people that wanted Jamar Chase. We were blessed with the opportunity to watch the Bengals pick between the two players. They're both available. We know that they picked the one they wanted more. We know that. And they took... Jamar Chase. They took him. They took him. What do you think? They fucking did Joe it. Burrow Crazy did. sons of bitches. They did it. Um, elite wide receiver prospect. Obviously, uh, won the Belitnikoff Award in 2019. Best college wide receiver. Won it catching passes from Joe Burrow, the face of the franchise. Um. It's great, you know, like I already said, he's an elite wide receiver prospect. Um, and then you get to pair that with 
he already has this chemistry with your who you're hoping is your franchise quarterback um and that might have been the edge that might have been the the little bit of oomph to that that put him above Penny Sewell there um just some some notes so last year Burrow obviously didn't play the whole season uh but the Bengals had like 15 passes over 20 yards last year completions um Jamar Chase in his last season at LSU was third in the Power 5 conference in yards per completion and sixth in Power 5 in yards after the catch. So he is a yards guy, whether it's through the air through the air or after the catch, he's getting you more yards. He scored like a fucking zillion touchdowns. Uh, he's a can't miss guy. Yeah, he seems really good. Uh, I went back and watched the highlights again after the draft because obviously we talked about a lot about him leading up to the draft. And I think I may be in my desire to prop up the Steelers and shove everyone else down into the flushing toilet. I might not have been totally fair when I said that he had to come back to the ball every time on his long passes. He just caught so many long passes that there was some of everything. So he caught passes in stride. He caught contested catches all the time. He came back for the short throw ones. Uh, yeah, he's super good. Uh, quite fast. He high points the ball. But Joe Burrow, like, very, very willing to just throw the ball up when it comes to Jamar Chase. And between that and the underthrown deep balls, of which there are plenty, I'm kind of thinking that this duo is either going to be, like, just so, so prolific and amazing, or maybe a total implosion. Because Jamar is a rookie. Like, a rookie. You can only do so much. There's the rookie wall, which used to happen before the 16 games were up. Now there's going to be 17. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe is coming off surgery. His, I mean, he's presumably not going to overthrow him every time. Like, he's going to have to come back. These are NFL corners now. It's a different scene. So we could see a real uptick in Joe Burrow interceptable passes uh-huh. um, if the relationship kicks off the way we knew it in college. So I'm really excited because any time that you have this super high ceiling but the bottom could totally fall out i'm here for it especially in cincinnati because i think you know what i'm gonna predict yeah and and the The defenses the defenses in this division are not to be trifled with so yeah it'll be trial by fire for these two for sure I actually think it'll be a little bit of both. I think you're going to see a definite uptick in Joe interceptable passes. Like, I think, you know, like, he, you can't help but do the things you're used to doing. And But I think that he's so good that it's going to be cool, you know? It's going to be cool to see. It's kind of a different thing. The NFL doesn't have that happen very often where you have, like, a star tandem like that um, on the same team. And it makes sense. 
because if they're both graduating at the same time and they're both really good, you can't get them both. And yeah, so he's great. He's going to be really difficult for the Steelers to guard, less difficult for the Ravens. But he's 19, he's 20. I'm not fretting it this year. I probably should. He's really good. He's pretty fucking so, good, man. You know, and now yeah. Boyd can Boyd doesn't have to be the number one anymore. We saw Higgins kind of emerging as a target with these backup quarterbacks at the end of last year. But between those guys and Jamar Chase, especially as far as like the speed goes, like he's more of like a prototypical one. And Tyler Boyd can do the things that put Tyler Boyd on the map. Um, so it's it's a great pick for their football team yeah i mean there's yeah their no skill positions at least starting lineup wise are they're to be reckoned with at this point um so good pick you can't to, you can't really blame them you know there's a lot of people i that probably could try to blame them because you know Penny sewell's really good but you know, the Bengals kind of already had tackles. You know, they signed uh, Zeitler. No, you guys Riley got Zeitler. Zeitler. They signed Riley Reef. Mm-hmm. They signed Riley Reef. And then they have Jonah Williams, who's like their number one pick from a couple years ago. So, you know, you're going to sign this guy and make him play guard? I guess you could have. But they definitely had room for a receiver, and he's supposed to be super great. He probably is. All right. In the second round, we covered him a lot. I don't know. Yeah, go. go ahead. I was just gonna say we already talked about him a lot, so I don't really know what yeah. else to say about his game. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, forty-six overall pick, Jackson Carmen, offensive tackle, asterisk, from Clemson. Yeah, this one was tricky because if you're a Bengals fan there's like a pretty decent probability that you're like a little bit upset and you're like trying not to be upset. You just want to get behind the team, but it's hard not to be because they had like, what was it? The 38th pick or something. And they had looks at Tevin Jenkins and some of these other guys that were like pretty highly touted. And you're thinking, Oh my God, we got the best receiver in the draft. And then all these tackles that were maybe going to get drafted in the first round just didn't. Everything is going our way. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow is back. He's throwing the ball. It's perfect. And then they trade back. You're like, what are you doing? Everything finally worked out, and you're going to try and ruin it? They might have ruined I don't know. I don't know if they ruined it or not. So they, they, they take Jackson, Jackson Carmen from Clemson, and basically... Uh, they're going to move him to guard. Um, that's what the offensive line coach said. His name is Frank Pollock. They see him as a guard. He's going to play left guard, I think. I don't remember which guard. I'll have it figured out by the time they play a game. And honestly, they're doing the right thing. Because this guy crunches down in the run block game with ferocity, which is great from a guard. And he's mostly a good pass protector, but when he blows it, he's just slow. And so every once in a while, someone just screams around the edge and smokes him. You're like, well, if we put him at guard, then no one's going to have a chance to do that. 
because he's going to have our hands on him real quick because they don't they can't line up four feet outside like Miles Garrett likes to do pretends he's a corner or something. Um, so this is savvy. This is a savvy play. He's a big, big three. He weighs three hundred and thirty pounds, Joey. That's so many pounds. Like yeah. he's just a big old hawking guy, and I don't know what else to really say about him personally. He's you know, except that he's probably not a tackle. Yeah, and he's probably not a tackle, at least yet. You know, I mean, there's there's always, it's always good to have these guys that, in a pinch, I mean, the Ravens search for it. You know, it's like a staple of the Ravens' offensive line units through the years. Um you know, you never know. You already had Jonah Williams miss a year with injury. Like, you know, maybe in a couple years he becomes a serviceable starter level tackle. Um, but in the meantime, as he develops as a pro, he can pretty much be your plug and play day one starter at guard. And so that's good yeah. for a second pick because that's a guy that you want to be able to start so yeah it's i mean getting honestly like honestly getting two day one starters out of a draft it's actually like not easy or even common i wouldn't say um so hopefully the Bengals nailed it it should be easier at the top of the draft you would think um and that's a good point that he could eventually transition i did uh, make a note here that i thought for me based on many 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 plays watched on the highlights on YouTube many 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 that he showed me enough as an analyst and a big journalist guy uh, he showed me enough with his footwork in terms of good pass blocking at times and also uh, getting to the second level and being able to get onto linebackers which takes good footwork also because they're generally smaller and faster that I think like yeah he could develop uh, they call it a kick step it's basically like you know you lift up that outside foot and and you get you get wide really quickly to try to make that edge player turn a really wide corner we're going to talk more about turning really wide corners when we get to the ravens draft and talk about their edge rushers uh so keep that in your head that's good right real super wide corners already Stiff. making fun of your team. not even there yet not much bend there's no bend because all that muscle. Yeah. Our old, our old buddy we'll Dean stopped in, said, "Make sure none of those guys attend tequila events." That's a big thing. Okay. <laughs> and Dean said, "If the cat shits on Chad's head, this would be the best podcast about the Browns." <laughs> We're not even going to talk about the Browns today. That would be a new. That would be a new kind of Browns for this podcast. And you can call that one my bad, because when I posted that we were doing this on Facebook, I said we were doing the Browns, and then I edited it later and didn't acknowledge that I had made a mistake. So that's what you're going to get, folks. Apologies. That's the internet for you. Uh, yeah. So Jackson Carmen, he's going to be, he might be kind of the focal lever by which this draft is really judged, because the offensive line is a big complaint. And they took a pretty big gamble to trade down 
and get him. So if he's not good and the offensive line stinks and the offense doesn't perform to people's, you know, satisfaction, it's all going to be on Jackson Carmen. The weight of the world, ironically, second-round pick. Poor guy. They were like, you know, it would be sick. More fucking fourth-round draft picks would be sick right now. Yeah, well, they just love our analysis, so they were like, we need to have Joey and Chad talk about more players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, in the third round, with pick number 69 overall, nice, Joseph Osai, edge rusher from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked his brain. That's what I liked mostly about him. He he seemed to really get it. Um, my favorite play of his was against Oklahoma State, and they ran this crazy kind of multiple distraction maneuver where they faked a shovel pass to the tight end, and then they faked a handoff to the running back, and then it was going to be a quarterback-designed rush. And... Joseph Osai like diagnosed all of those fakes really quickly um, and then he just smashed the quarterback for a four yard loss it was beautiful and the Ravens love that because that's the kind of stuff the Ravens do so if you can play your assignment really smart that's like what they want on their defense which is pretty complicated so I like that about him but I uh, wasn't really impressed with his ability to actually like rush the edge. He he really, really orbits the planet. He gets way out into the upper atmosphere and tries to circle back to the quarterback. Um, which, if you're playing against Joe Burrow, or well, he's on Joe Burrow's team, but if you're playing against Baker or Ben Roethlisberger or many, many quarterbacks in this league, they're just going to throw the ball before you... You know, you're just running. You're basically just running laps. So we'll see. You know, he's a rookie. He developed that kind of stuff. But uh, that's what I'm going to be kind of looking for um, to be afraid of him, you know. But he'll probably play because he's smart. So yeah. probably you could call it a good pick. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think we're entering the area of the Bengals draft where, like, if these guys end up being like rotational players, like that's a win for now, like for the Bengals. If you develop a guy and he turns into something more, like that's even better. We're entering that, but bear in mind when we're talking about the Bengals pass rush, they sort of need somebody to be more than a Bodies. rotational player. Oh. Um so it's like I get it. It's a third round. You can't expect the world, but like that's a position they put themselves in. They need the world out of somebody on this pass rush unit. And I dare not speak for the whole podcast, but we have a pretty strong record of not being very impressed with what, what they're doing pass rush wise. Yep. Yep. And then uh, with so. the next pick, a uh, one eleven overall in the fourth round, they double dipped on an edge guys uh with cameron sample from tulane um he is less of he's more of like a three four defensive end type of guy uh he's big he's 280 and he rushes on the inside 
well, and he's stout versus the run. Um, he's going to probably be one of these strong side guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, he can be another rotational guy. Uh, I, I, I think even less than Osai, uh, likelihood of him becoming some kind of effective edge rusher in the pros. Couldn't disagree with you more. Love this guy. I love him. He's a big old beefcake, like you said. He's... Look, I could be wrong, but what I loved about him in college is that, like, for as big as he is, people can't keep their hands on him. It's like he lubes himself up. Like, he he just dictates all the contact. Like, when he wants to engage, he dictates, and when he wants off, he never has any trouble disengaging a blocker. It's amazing. And he's strong. He's like strong like an ox. I love any player that can take another supposedly equal athlete and do stuff with one hand. And on my favorite play of his, he does this like inside little rush. Everybody always talks about Stefan Tuit having like really good hips. I don't know. I don't know what that freaking means, Joey. I don't get it. But it seems to have something to do with him being able to sneak through these crevices and these inside rushes. So, so Cameron Sample loosens up those hips and does this little sneaky inside rush. And the quarterback jukes him, and he reaches out with his hand. And the quarterback tries to run away, and he grabs him by the back of the pants. He grabs his pants, and he just jerks him to the ground with one hand. By the back of his pants, Joey, he treats him like a high schooler would treat a elementary schooler that he wants his lunch money. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. How could you not want that guy? He might not end up being an edge exactly, um, but you can use him. And hes I just have to believe he's better than somebody on the Bengals. Like, they're just a mess. Like, And he's yeah. just so... I just believe that that slipperiness is going to like translate to the nfl he's just like i can't even tell what he's doing most of the time i think he's just got a way about him um so i like this kid i i think this is the this is the pick that as a Steeler fan i'm a little nervous about i I think he's got some he's got some quality yeah and last year the Bengals drafted davis gaither and uh wilson is that the white guy's name the linebacker logan, logan. Uh, yeah they're both kind of used as like off ball right like. right but that's what i'm saying is like so they kind of like play in a similar position and you like if you hit on one of those guys like that's awesome and one of them becomes above average like sick and i i see this as similar back to back deep taking defensive ends like they're of different molds and like Hopefully, mm-hmm. one of these guys can emerge as your next Carl Lawson, Carlos Dunlap, some kind of presence on on the edge. And you could see, I mean, the Ohio teams sort of blend together, but similar to Cleveland, their stock of linebackers is uh, shallow. So you could see them bulking up that front line and playing with like two kind of linebackers that are pretty fast, as you mentioned. Jermaine Pratt fits in there too um, so there's room for a guy like Cameron Sample to play without even necessarily kicking someone else off the field you know him and DJ Reader and 
maybe a guy we're about to talk about i don't know and then you know ogunjobi's there right ogunjobi they've got hubbard um classic classic Classic. effort player motor guy player (laughs) love the motor love the motor um so yeah i like him i like this pick especially for round four i think he's a sneaky sneaky good guy all right uh 11 picks later 122 overall still in the fourth round tyler shelvin a big old boy defensive tackle from lsu um similar story as far as where he falls in the roster probably as a rotational guy this this guy is gonna eat some blocks that's what he's there for he's not a big like penetrator um but he is a hoss and he is gonna take two guys off of your speedy little linebackers you love him don't you You i love him him. yeah (laughs) i knew it i wrote down a player after any ravens fans heart you guys love having a a player or two on your roster like that the thing is is that he's such a hoss that sometimes he forgets to stop eating (laughs) it happens to the best of us right you know you get that cheesecake factory going and you just can't stop you can't stop with the apps i get it um you're gonna have to though tyler you're gonna have to because 350 is enough it's enough pounds (laughs) and i don't want to sound like i'm fat shaming you but if you don't stay around 350 you're gonna not make millions of dollars and then you're just gonna be like a fat guy (laughs) it's less good it's just just less good it's objective Um, yeah he opted out of the 2020 season so between that and the difficulties he had maintaining uh quality playing weight i've got some concerns that he's going to be like ready for the rigors of what it takes to be an nfl player work work wise um but like you said like when he's at his best like you just can't move him and he's uh he's pretty good at disengaging when he wants to to make the tackles um let's see talk about him for a second yeah and he played at lsu so the type of competition that he's against in the sec these sec trenches uh are not you know are not a weak man's game they're the real deal they're pretty much as close to the pros as you can get if you look at all these guys o-linemen and d-linemen from this generation of sec players that have gone to the league like this is big boy stuff he hasn't been fucking pushing people around in the pac-12 or the mac like that's true don't you ever make fun of the pac-12 again though conference (laughs) of champions um so the reason i was looking is because i watched highlights on this team like a long time ago when we thought we were going to podcast like shortly after the draft i just want to remember my favorite play and it basically comes down to what we talked about right so he gets double teamed but normally when the offensive line double teams a big guy like him what they're trying to do is one guy is sort of assigned to him and the other guy is assigned to help you move him and get into position and then they fall off and go to the second level and try and get a linebacker or something like that so they do that and the guard 
comes off of Shelvin and tries to go find somebody, and then Shelvin only has one man on him, so he just tosses him to the side and tackles a running back. Like, that's the kind of disruption that you don't get stats for, but that's a big deal in the football game, right? Especially if you're playing a team like the Ravens, who's they're trying to create clever ways to gain number advantages in blocking. And, like, he's just a type of player that at his best you just lose the numbers advantage. It just takes two. It takes two, baby. Joey is singing on the internet. All right. It's not the worst really, thing I've had done a on of the those internet. Beers before we started. <laughs> oh wow. Stay tuned for a special episode where Joey admits everything. For the draft a couple years ago, I counted how many circus peanuts I could fit in my mouth at one time it was a bunch it was so many (laughs) to finish up the trifecta of fourth round picks that the Bengals earned by trading back for jackson carmen with the 139th pick overall they drafted dante or deontay i haven't heard his name i'm going deontay because it's 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 an apostrophe apostrophe ante Um, offensive tackle deontay from here in Greenville, North Carolina, Eastern Carolina University. Win or lose, we still booze. That's what they say down there in Greenville. Nice. Well, that makes sense because no one seemed to be filming the games because his (laughs) highlights were like 40 seconds long. There's nothing there. Um, So basically what I learned about him is that he's he's got some feet to him for a big guy. and I was impressed mostly with his run blocking that way. Good, good range to go find a go find some work in the run game. And other than that, like my big thing with him was that I think this guy is the big Frank Pollock test, right? So Cincinnati fired their offensive line coach. They brought back Frank Pollock, who used to be their offensive line coach. This guy's got all the tools, right? He's got, like, big, long arms, some of the longest arms in the tackle class this year. He's played guard and tackle. He's got good feet. He's plenty strong. But, you know, the tape, whoever has it, somebody's got something, is inconsistent, apparently. So this is the Frank Pollock project. Can you take this guy with all the physical tools, and can you make him at least, like, a what you would call like a swing tackle you know like your sixth guy you know the sixth man of the year award if we're talking to basketball fans out there this guy can he be rotational can um and if he can do that then you then you hire the right guy as your offensive line coach but uh don't expect us to talk much about him for the rest of the year just put it that way and that's cincinnati their offensive line stays (laughs) (laughs) all right the fifth round 149 overall, the steal of the draft. The first kicker off the board, Evan McPherson from the University of Florida. I like this pick. You check this guy out? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Why? Oh, because it's different and it's fun. (laughs) Uh, He only missed one extra point in college in 150 attempts. That's important. Fat Randy. I'm pretty sure missed more than one extra point last year, probably. 
And uh, I think Tucker missed more than one last year. Maybe. Not missed. Blocked, maybe. I don't know. Missed. Extra points. Did it go in? He missed Did one. Did it go in? He missed one. Did it go in? And he made four in? field goals of greater than 50 yards. So, last season. So, he's got a he's got a leg. He's pretty much going to be your starter this coming season. So, get used to him. Here's the thing about Evan McPherson. Like, what's the coolest thing that Justin Tucker's ever done? The 61-yard game winner against the Lions on Monday Night Football. Right. In other words, the coolest thing he's ever done, kicked a field goal. Won a game. Won a game. Ho-hum. Kickers win games. I couldn't be more bored. Just like the most boring thing I've ever heard you say. And you say a lot of boring shit on here. It's amazing we have listeners. Evan (laughs) McPherson set up a bottle of water on a metal beam like somewhere past the uprights and then he set the ball up on the 20 and he kicked it and it hit the bottle just on the side and it spun the cap off the bottle without knocking the bottle over it's just the coolest thing that any kicker has ever done so i'm just saying it now justin tucker Move on over. You're done. Your time in the spotlight is over. This kid hasn't even played an NFL snap. He's already cooler than you. He's already done more than you. You're done. You're finished. It's it's Evan McPherson's time. So, if you want to say your goodbyes to Justin Tucker now, I think that's fine. It would be appropriate. No. Won't happen. I won't do it. Okay. Alright. Fine. You're going to turn me against Evan McPherson before he even plays a fucking down. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the the later rounds. Sixth round, 190th pick overall, Trey Hill, center from the aforementioned Southeastern Conference, University of Georgia. Thoughts? Yeah, he's a beefcake for a center well over 300 pounds um what i observed uh is he's strong but he doesn't seem to have like the i guess what you would nfl people would call like explosive power to like move people so he seems better at like just absorbing people so if you're a center that can absorb people in the pass rush that there's quality to that you know there's big people that will try to bull rush you some of them's names are Cam Hayward. Elodie Nada was famous for it. You know, you got to snap the ball and set an anchor. It's not easy. He can do that. Um, <clears throat> he had like enough foot speed. Uh oh. Oh boy. My lost Chad here. Talk about foot speed with Trey Hill. Can you hear me, buddy? Uh. Uh. Oh, 
and Chad's power went out, everybody. So I will carry the rest of the way here. I don't have incredibly in-depth notes for these last few guys um, in the Bengals draft, but we will bide our time until Chad gets back on the pod. Um, Trey Hill, uh, we'll let Chad finish his thoughts maybe in a little bit about his footwork and get to the point that he was getting there. Chris Evans uh, went 202 overall, the second pick in the sixth round for the Bengals. Um, He's a running back from Michigan. Uh, He's more of a third down back type of guy. Uh, But they're making a habit in Michigan of not really utilizing their... um, I'm sorry, got sidetracked of not really utilizing their playmakers as much as they otherwise could. Um, and so because of that, be, because of that, he saw dwindling carries and touches uh, as he progressed through his college career. And so he got like single digit touches um in 2019 i don't think he played in 2020 if that's correct his last college season he played he got single digit touches um but he's an interesting skill set type of guy he's got a lot of talent um and he could catch on as like a third round uh third down back type of guy um to spell uh mix in there in cincinnati and then the last pick of the Bengals draft one wyatt Hubert, 235th pick overall, another defensive end from Kansas State. Uh, I can hear you. Nice. What's up, buddy? Um, my power went out. I think the football gods were upset that I'm not blown away by Trey Hill. <laughs> yeah. You want to finish what you were? I already talked about Chris Evans, um, but any you want to finish your Trey Hill footwork? thoughts and then you can talk about chris evans too if you want uh basically i just think he's you know he's a backup or he's not going to make the team he apparently falls down a fair amount too so he's got like enough qualities to be nervous about that i'm not fearing him you know but Mm -hmm. if he can you know if he can get some of that stuff worked out he's strong so he could really disrupt a lot of the stuff that particularly the ravens like to do with all the stunts and all the gimmicky stuff in the past game because he could just clog up that whole area chris evans um i liked him but what i got frustrated about him is that he doesn't trust his blocks he's so shifty and he's so explosive in terms of like lateral movement and getting evasive in small spaces that you just want to love him but he often doesn't let his blocks do good work for him and just there's very 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 few people in the nfl that can get away with that um so he's going to need to figure that out if he's going to do anything in the nfl but i do like his special team potential because what i liked about his big time explosive runs is that he would attack defenders and what i mean by that is he would run like at them and so it wouldn't take much of a lateral move in order to really make them look really off balance, which is what good kick and punt returners do, right? They, like, take that momentum and make it a defender's disadvantage. Um, 
unfortunately, I think he only returned one kick in college, so I don't know if he'll even get a chance to do that, but I was impressed. I'm sure they'll get him some reps in, in camp. Um, Sorry, I just realized my camera wasn't on. That's all good. Face. Beautiful. This is I my missed, face. I missed it. Um, so that's all I got to say about those two guys. All right. And then Chris we'll... Evans has a chance. I mean, like, yeah. there's no real backup because Giovanni Bernard got released. So. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he's he's kind of a prototypical, like, third down back, change of pace guy. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I could see him being a little, a little tool for Joe Burrow out there on some third downs. Um, all right. And we'll wrap up with Wyatt Hubert, defensive end from Kansas State. What do, you, what do you got on the Bengals, Mr. Irrelevant? Uh, I like that he was strong. I liked he seemed to like really be active with his hands against offensive linemen. I felt like he used his hands well to like dictate what was happening. And also he um, he was big on going for the strip sack when he was able to, to get in there. So that's stuff that, you know, if you can make splash plays – even the most educated and nuanced judger of ability will notice you better, right? So you can have average play, you make that strip sack, and all of a sudden people are taking notice. Um, but again, this is a guy that doesn't really get around the edge very easily. He's mostly strength. His best mo his best stuff was all bull rushes um, in the highlights that I noticed. Um, but again, with the hands, I noticed that he... And in the NFL, you want to have at least one move and a move off of it, right? So if you're a good bull rusher, you need to do something else that works off of the bull rush. And what he did was he would get into a defender, and I'm using my hands right now to act like I'm pushing somebody. It's the only time I'll ever get to do it. And then he would pull him. He gives him a good jerk to get him off balance, then he goes right around him. So he uses those hands pretty cleverly. Um... So, I mean, for a seventh-round pick, he showed me enough qualities that I'm not going to, like, make fun of him. And that's probably about the most you could ask. All right. That yep. is the 10-man Bengals draft class. Uh, they are in OTAs in Cincinnati as we speak. And uh, we'll see. Joe Burrow's out there in a brace. Yes, sir. One more. I told you I was going to bring a oh, UDFA, right. and I told you before the podcast that I didn't go through the highlights adequately, but I will because the most exciting UDFA Cincinnati brought to the table, Puka, as in Poo-Ka Williams, <laughs> running back from Kansas. He's a little guy. He's 5'7", 170 pounds, but he's got the speed. He's got a lot of similar stuff to Chris Evans. So this isn't just Chris Evans strolling onto the team and getting third down carries right off the bat. He's going to have to earn it. Puka is like the first player since Gale Sayers to rush for 2,000 yards in his first two years on the team. The downside is that he got worse every year. So if he continues that trend, he will not make the team on the Bengals. But he showed flashes, man. Uh, I started watching his highlights right before we got on. He, like, tries to run with power. He's not afraid of contact for a guy his size, and he's super fast and shifty. So similar player to Chris Evans, and I think those two are basically, because they're so similar in style, They one of them's going to be on the team and one of them's not. 
Puka. Love saying it too. TV name. That's his full name. Junior. Puka Williams Jr., I believe. Puka Williams, okay. Right. Puka on. Williams Jr. His dad was also named Puka and they loved it, so they kept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And in traditional fashion, we have saved the best for last. It's time to recap the Baltimore Ravens draft. The Ozzie Newsome Memorial Legacy Ravens pantsing the league, picking college players. May I do one thing? I do this twice a podcast now. Of course. It's been so long that I forgot to mention that we did both accurately predict that the Bengals would take Jamar with the first pick. So, high five. Mm. Boom. To us, we are as good as Mel Kuyper, at least at this. And uh, continue. That's continue right. Continue your lame And I keep accolades. the cheese on my pizza, so fuck Mel Kuyper. How about that? I don't know what that means, but I assume that I'm about to judge him. Uh, Mel Kuyper takes the cheese off of his pizza and replaces it with mashed potatoes. That's how he likes to eat pizza. Hmm. You know, aside from the really obvious critiques of that, it just feels like a lot of work. Like, pizza is supposed to be convenient. So it sounds to me like, A... He's not a good enough cook to make his own pizza. So he has to order it, which is the convenient thing you do, right? You're like, oh, let's order out what's fast and delicious pizza. So he does that, but then he's like, shit, now I've got to boil the potatoes. (laughs) Then he has to make mashed potatoes. He has to make them. And then the pizza arrives, and he has to take the toppings off and put the mashed potatoes on it. So he's basically ruined good deal of the value of pizza as a takeout (laughs) food with his weird eccentricities which are super lame um because tomato sauce on mashed potatoes is also gross so what an idiot yeah boo milk glad you brought that up thanks really glad you brought that up (laughs) all right well let's get into the ravens draft now um the ravens had to wait around for every other team in the division to make their first round picks before they made their first round pick because that's what happens when you're the fucking best and then the ravens had two first round picks because they're brilliant and orlando brown jr wants to be paid like a left tackle and the ravens aren't going to do it they picked three spots after the steelers and one spot after the browns so because they're the best doesn't matter by how much mathematically the best didn't win the division went further in the playoffs than the division winner about that math yeah didn't win the division i'll send i'll send the banner to one winning drive do the steelers by the way do the steelers practice at winning drive no they don't need gimmicks Hmm. They need something after fucking losing the Browns twice in a row. We already talked about the We already <laughs> talked about the Steelers and how they solved all their problems. We agreed on that. 
must have, must have blacked out for that part of the podcast. <laughs> well, it's there. Okay. <laughs> well, with the 27th pick in the first round, the Ravens, against my wishes, drafted a wide receiver. To be specific, wide receiver from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. But you guys already knew that, didn't you? Because I told you it would happen. Chad told us it would happen. Uh, Chad sat here and tried to tell us why Rashad Bateman's precision route running abilities were a negative in in Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson's offense. Um, But Eric DaCosta called this the easy pick to make. Um, Turns out the liars luncheon was a smoke screen he was eric DaCosta was asked about the wide receivers and he said we have full confidence in our wide receivers and then everybody was like oh tackles and edge rushers and i was like oh fuck yeah tackles and edge rushers and then we drafted a wide receiver anyways um rashad bateman is a interesting case because 2019 he fucking set the nation on fire. He was uh, he had 20.3 yards a catch, which was the most in the Big Ten since 2001. Um, killed it for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And then in 2020, he caught COVID in the offseason, and the Big Ten canceled their season and suspended practices and then put the season back on. Um he has asthma, which compounded some of this COVID stuff. Apparently, he lost like 10 pounds. Um, he lost 10 pounds and 2 inches. And we saw, that. we that saw a pretty significant factor. statistical decline. Granted, they only played like 7 games. Um, but then he ran like a 4-3-9-40 at Pro Day. And shot back up everybody's draft boards into that second tier wide receivers that we talked about in the preview podcast. And the Ravens are hoping that he will be the second receiver they have ever drafted that catches for a thousand yards receiving for them. Yeah. And they have him for five years. So he has many chances to do it. Um, he also has 17 games now, so if he can't get to 1,000 <laughs> yards, he's probably a pretty bad draft pick uh, at 27th overall. Look, I was honest with you. He's a good player. Like, when you watch the highlights, he's savvy. He yeah. runs these routes. He gets open. The problem is, like, you can't tell me you know if the Ravens are going to take advantage of that. And here's why I'm going to say that. Miles Boykin, drafted in the third round however many years ago, three. Crazy athlete. All the speed. All the size. He's he's actually as big as he says he is. And he's faster than Rashad Bateman. Crazy catch radius. I don't know if you remember the highlights. I rewatched them. He catch balls at his ankles, catch balls over his head, he high points. You think that's perfect for Lamar, right? Because and I'm not even making jokes. Like, sometimes it's not right on the numbers. 
and I have a quote here which I apparently didn't cite to somebody so that's part of the 60% where we don't give credit <laughs> my bad he's a back shoulder nightmare he caught so many back shoulder passes in college it was amazing right he's big you throw it defenders can't get through him well guess what Lamar doesn't throw back shoulder passes so yeah you basically who's he gonna throw it. back shoulder passes to fucking Hollywood yeah. Brown 160 pounds or fucking you know Devin Duvernay who's like 5'9 he could throw him to Miles Boykin who started at wide receiver try that on for size started. so here's what I'm saying yeah he started he played you know why he played because he's a great run blocker so <laughs> he had Miles Boykin did have some problems right he dropped the ball sometimes guess who else drops the ball sometimes let me flip through my notes oh it's Rashad Bateman Rashad Bateman drops the ball too much like he just does so what I'm saying is this if they don't design plays for him it's going to be a problem because he gets open on timing which means he has to be the target for Lamar to be looking at him at the right time otherwise his best asset will go unnoticed and that that matters it mattered for Miles Boykin who we can talk about it now or we can talk about it later he might get cut he might get cut from the team this year they have so many wide receivers they don't use or they might cut one of their starters because they have this illusion in their brains that they think that they've got it all figured out well you don't have anything figured out unless you design an offense to maximize the talent of the players which they have done for Lamar but are they going to be able to merge that with Bateman I don't know I don't know I know that I'm super excited to find out because I think there's a pretty decent chance that they won't and I will laugh all the way to the to the bank on this one because I predicted the pick. I wanted the pick, and I'm willing to own it. I'm going to carry the water. He's a good player, and I think he's going to fail. Yeah, I mean, that's not really a super bold prediction about a wide receiver that the Ravens draft, but that's fine. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, if you're a Ravens fan, I think you have to believe that Lamar can develop because – to fucking put to put it simply he has to (laughs) like that's just that's just it he has to develop as a passer um i don't even know if it's all development because he does this stuff with mark andrews i just don't know if the offense fits enough like even if he's doing it like i don't know if it's enough for him to get to a thousand yards or even 600 like i just don't know but i like the player look i'm not trying to hurt your feelings I'm just trying to celebrate that you guys picked the guy that I thought was good because the Ravens pick good players, right? We all know the Ravens are good at drafting. So I had to walk the tightrope. This is what I do. This is why I'm on a podcast getting paid all this advertising money. (laughs) I had to find that player that's good but that could still fail. And of all the players, this is the one. Like, he's a big risk. He He just might not work out. And I can't wait. That's very true. If he doesn't work out, we'll just fucking put him on the list. All right. To close out the first round for the AFC North, with the 31st pick, the Ravens selected Odafe Jason Owe, edge rusher 
from Penn State. Uh, had a fantastic 2019, 2020, infamously zero sacks. Um, he ran the best 40, had the longest broad jump, and the fastest three-cone drill of all edge guys at the combine pro day measurement exercises um he's the first first round edge rusher the ravens have drafted since terrell suggs he had zero sacks in 2020 i know i mentioned that already but i'll mention it again but it's good to mention it again he was 26th in the fbs in pressure rate 14.2 percent which is pretty good uh, he also commanded a whole fucking lot of attention for his teammates to get sacks um, in the Big Ten this year. And uh, having him in... He played for Penn State, right? Yep. So he 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 commanded a ton of attention. Oh, we're doing... Except for... We're doing conference like, stuff now. The guy that actually commanded all the attention because he's like the best player at his position in the country. Oh no, he opted out this year, so he did command attention this year. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. So basically, off, when Micah Parsons, when Micah Parsons, who blitzes, was on the team, how often does attention. Micah Parsons blitz? What percentage of pass rush plays does Micah Parsons blitz? Thirty-eight <laughs> percent. Oh, okay, that's pretty significant. Sixty-two percent on third down. If you've got, if you believe that, I got a bridge to say. <laughs> Here's the thing: he changed his name because he thought we'd forget about the zero sacks. But we figured it out. We figured <laughs> out that you're the same guy. We get it. I get the move. It was clever, and I like it. I actually Odafe. It's a good TV name. I like that. I can pronounce it, which is nice for me pronounced like it's spelled jason? nothing fucking tricky dude there's dude there's plenty of jasons get it there's plenty of jason always i know three whatever i do not know any odafe always stands out in the crowd i love that the testing was great closing speed's great athleticism's great he's a little loopy around the edge you can see that in college he's very much uh happy to just be an athlete and that was good enough that won't be good enough in the nfl more than likely uh it'll be a big help he's a pretty good run defender which is mm -hmm. good because that means that even if the other stuff is slow developing he could play for the ravens it'd be really ironic if he plays first and second down and pernell mcphee is the pass rush <laughs> yeah. specialist um but I'd honestly wouldn't surprise me if that that's what happens. The thing for me that really settled me down, because I was a little nervous about this because he's such a good athlete, is that the Ravens haven't been signing these guys. Mm. So here's this super unpolished, super high potential guy. The Ravens are going to coach him up, and then he's going to go play for the Jets. What do I have to worry about? That's right. Uh... By the time he's... Purnell was the first in, you know, the line of Purnell McPhee, Zadarius Smith, Matthew Judon now from Grand Valley State. Like, yeah. Yeah. So 
like maybe you get like a I'll call it like a Bud Dupree situation where you get like a year and a half of good quality excellent play out of him and then he ships out but look Joey that's like three years down the road I don't have the whatever it takes to care about that right now I gotta make it through tomorrow and he's just not a concern for me tomorrow so again not fretting it he can yeah. go run his wind sprints your starting quarterbacks Ben Roethlisberger three years from now doesn't exist yeah exactly <laughs> so we'll have some young buck that can sidestep it or do something <laughs> smart um my last thing uh, yeah you touched on the run defense well wink martindale i don't know whether this is uh praise for odafe Owe or an indictment of the the edge room the outside linebackers room uh, but he says that he plays against run on first and second down better than any outside backer he's seen in a long time and any of the veterans on the team. So, yay. Mm. That's an interesting thing to say. Sure is. Doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, it's not like it's what Tyus Bowser's known for. Right. I don't think he's better than Pernell McPhee. I don't either. At anything. But... We'll see. Um, zero sacks in 2020, by the way. Zero sacks. That's not a single sack. Interesting note about that. This was another kind of Eric DaCosta, like, sneaky thing. This was a quote that was uh, I heard on the, the Lounge podcast, which is like the Ravens' official media people. Um, they're big-time homers, but they're pretty funny. So if you're into the Ravens, definitely listen to it. Uh, if you're not, I don't know, maybe. But uh, they said that Eric DaCosta, when asked about edge rushers, he was talking, he said, sacks translate. So the Ravens have a history of taking players that have a lot of high, like high production in college. So this goes away from some of their trends. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out because it's just not something they would normally do is take a risk like that. But the athleticism, very clear. If he can get some of the other stuff figured out, he's going to be scary. Moving on, the Ravens did not have a second-round pick, but, oh my, in the third round, the 94th pick overall, the Ravens drafted a specimen, an absolute unit, Ben Cleveland, offensive guard from the University of Georgia. He's six foot six. he's 355 pounds, his nickname is Big Country, he likes to hunt and eat squirrels. He gave up one sack and three quarterback pressures in 741 pass blocking snaps in college. I assume that's like slightly below average. And he allows Bradley Bozeman to possibly play center. And that is huge. Um, I fucking love Ben Cleveland. He is a big bubba. He is a fucking... He plays nasty. He's physical. I, f I love it. I love him. Even though his last yeah, name's Cleveland. I'm gonna try and... I'm gonna try and make fun of, like, every pick the Ravens make if possible. <laughs> and, um... 
<laughs> I don't think I can do it on this one. He's he's pretty great. Yeah. Here's a good Ben Cleveland quote. I just want to hit people like hard. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. You put enough seasoning on it and you can make a squirrel taste like anything. Just about anything. <laughs> Those are those are both quotes from when he was interviewed on the Lounge podcast. Again, uh, same ones we were just talking about before. Dude, he's great. He's a perfect fit for the Ravens. I'd be jealous if the Steelers needed a guard, but we already have Kevin Dotson. We could talk a little bit about his play against Alabama if you want. I don't know. But we don't have to. Uh, <laughs> ben Cleveland's he, he's great. He's a mauler. As you said, he's huge. He's got He's got good feet in college. He was even pulling. He was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. If anybody on God's green earth can get him to pull in the NFL, it'll be the Ravens coaching staff. They get all their players to pull. Uh, I don't think he's going to do it much in the NFL. Um, I don't think he's got the foot speed to handle that. Um, but he's got it. He's got active enough feet that he'll get to the second level and, and, for non-super fast linebackers he'll be able to get his hands on him and once his hands are on him it's over folks uh, that's all she wrote um yeah he's he's really good um and i think he's good enough that you can basically pencil him in as a starter he'd have to really really blow it um and for fear of stereotyping here I just don't think these rural kids blow it like that. He grew up working. Like, they work. Like, you just... Not that urban people don't work, too. I'm not trying to paint pictures. Nobody's competing here. We're not competing. The Steelers don't play the Ravens this week. No one's competing. But he's just like... He's got no problem with the work that it's going to take to just be an NFL player. Um, he's not 350 about to balloon to 380 like he worked on his diet when he was in high school he figured out that if he could do that like he was going to be fine um yeah this is a winner it's just a winner he's big mauler and the stuff that he doesn't do great the ravens are going to help him overcome because he's big and strong and if he misses a pass pro lamar will just embarrass him and it'll be on his 28 minute highlight tape of embarrassing really good players <laughs> Yep. Uh, next pick in the third round, 104th overall. A uh, little more uh, risky pick, a little little dicier pick. Brandon Stevens, defensive back from Southern Methodist University. Go Mustangs. Um, Brandon Stevens started his collegiate career as a running back at UCLA um, and then spent transferred to SMU moved to corner uh, where he led SMU each of the last two years with a combined 22 pass breakups uh, and he will likely translate to a free safety in the NFL which is like a depth pick for the Ravens hopefully he works out um, Deshaun Elliot is going to be a free agent after this season, so it's an important position for the Ravens to keep an eye on. Um, 
he could have some special teams impact, possibly, if he's not on the field on defense. Um, and it's of note that Chuck Clark and Sean Elliott had a combined eight pass breakups last season, which is not super. Yeah, I mean, they're safeties, so you're kind of hoping they get involved in a couple more of those deep passes. <clears throat> but, you know, maybe it's just because unlike the season before, the Ravens weren't playing from ahead as much. There was as much deep passing. Like, they just weren't as good of a team. They're just not as good as they were. They're just not very good. They're not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> almost nobody understands this pick. Let's be honest with ourselves. Like, even Ravens people are like, why didn't we draft him in, like, later? Um, he's a running back, for Christ's sake. Like, he's a running back that's trying to learn how to play corner, and the Ravens are like, maybe we can train him to play safety. Like, he's, like, three degrees off of where he needs to be, right? He's got great recovery speed. That's where all the pass breakups come from, right? He's got recovery mm -hmm. speed. You know what that means? He makes a lot of mental errors, yeah. and then he recovers. Yeah. So that's where the pass breakups come from. You get to break up a pass when you do something stupid, and the player you're guarding is open. So in the NFL, that can translate, but he won't be on the field for the Ravens if he's running the wrong direction uh, for any amount of time. So this is like, this is a guy that people that listen to this that are Ravens fans you just want to keep his name in your lockbox and two years from now when he's making a bunch of plays in the preseason and the, and the Ravens put him at the top of their free safety depth chart like you're excited he's, if he's on defense this year you can panic if he's on defense this year you can feel free to just panic right right away <laughs> what number do you know what number he is no me neither, but we'll tell you before the season starts so that you can see if number whatever is on the field, just sweat. Just start sweating right through your undies right away. Yeah, I mean, it can't be worse than good. Traymon Williams being out there. <clears throat> One of these other random dudes with dreads that I forget their names that stink. Yeah, maybe. It could. It actually could be worse, so we'll see. But he could be good. He's athletic. He's big. Running back, he's six foot, 200 and whatever pounds. He's a big old guy. Mm -hmm. And he's fast, too. So, like, you know, similar to Oway, right? We're just going to have a bunch of players that the Ravens are going to make good and then release. So, hey, New York Jets, got another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to something more exciting. Fourth round, 131st pick overall, Tylen Wallace, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Uh, he is 5'11", but one scout said he plays like he's 6'3". Um, yeah. This is what happens when you say your actual size. People are just <laughs> impressed yeah. at what you're doing. Uh, he's gotten some Steve Smith comparisons. Um, I don't know if that's... He's bigger than Steve Smith if we're going as far as like getting credit for playing big and jump balls and things like that. Um, he had a 1.1% drop rate. So we talked about the dropsies with Rashad Bateman. 
uh, Tylen Wallace opposite, not dropsies. Uh, he was second in the FBS last year in dropsies. And uh, the Ravens do this a lot. This is their fourth straight draft, drafting two wide receivers. And uh, they like to double dip. We'll see it again here pretty shortly. Some double dipping. Um, I like this guy. If he's anything like the attitude of like a Steve Smith to match the physical play, who boy. Dude. I wrote down most fun I've had watching wide receiver highlights this year. And for the record, we did talk about Jamar Chase today. Yep. So this guy's fun. Normally I pick one favorite play. Couldn't do it. Had to pick two. The first one I picked was a wide receiver screen. on. Th- it was third and two. He bounces off two guys that try to tackle him at the same time. The first two guys that come to meet him after he catches the screen pass and turns up field. And and they get him at the line of scrimmage, but they just both hit him, and he bounces off. That's your Steve Smith cop right there. That's some of that physicality. Then it's open field, right? He's off to the races, and he runs, and he's running. I'm going, I'm going. About 40 yards down the field, some corner, super fast, whatever, from across the field, catches up to him, dives to just knock him out of bounds. He just shrugs that. He just shrugs it off. He doesn't care. And the guy hit him. I mean, the guy dove right in. He just shrugs it, shrugs it third guy dismissed 70 yard touchdown is great you love that shit some guy tried to spear him and he just shrugged it he kind of went for the stiff arm didn't really connect but it was enough to just like class dismissed you know it was so great and then he had this other play and it was against texas and the reason i remember it he was playing against a defensive back same number he was number two the defensive back was number two so i got confused (laughs) <laughs> when I was watching the play, like, what was I doing? And they were both running. They're both number two. The Texas defensive back has, like, clear position. And he catches it. A, he, like, goes up for the catch about, like, three or four yard line. Tylon Wallace just jumps from behind him. And just, like, he just takes it. He just takes the ball right, right, away, right away from him. He's like, that's why you play defense. It's no big deal. And then he lands on his feet. And he plows through another the safety into the end zone. Again, physicality. He contested catch, but he's not satisfied to make a contested catch. He makes a contested catch, and then he lands on his feet, inbounds, and then he runs over somebody. Like, that is Tylon Wallace. That is what he does. And, dude, if he was on, like, any team but the Ravens, I'd be like, dude, this guy's going to be special. But the Ravens will probably bury up in the... <laughs> in the depth chart and you know it's just going to be a bummer the one negative i'll say to just temper you a little bit he plays for oklahoma state he basically exclusively ran from the right side i believe he only ever played on one side of the field which is going to limit him a little in the ravens offense because they got a million wide receivers so you better be able to line up anywhere because you got to get on the field james washington another oklahoma state prod prod uh prospect similar also ran jump ball savvy only from the same yep. side yeah so i think tylon uh wallace from what i from what i watched coming out he's more dynamic than james washington i don't like admitting that i don't like to do that so i'm not gonna say it again 
but that's what I saw. But there are limitations. Uh, he didn't have a big route tree. He basically ran straight, or he ran straight and then turned around. Um, <laughs> so not a whole lot going on there. Um, but that's really not the end of the world when you're talking about Lamar. Like, running straight really far does help the run game if you can't block as well. So that can work. Um, dude, this guy's fun. This guy's really yeah. fun. I think he has, like, especially because we're talking about the Ravens and they're just so inept when it comes to wide receivers. Like, he's got, honestly, as much of a chance of impacting the offense as Rashad Bateman this year, comically. He's fun, though. Watch his highlights. Everybody, go watch those. Very fun. Just contested catch after contested catch. Physicality, running. Super, super fun. Super fun pick. Can't wait to have him go to the someone in four years. <laughs> yeah. The Jets. Or less. Crochet <laughs> might get cut before his rookie contract's over. Hope the Steelers get him. Yeah. Fifth round. We're getting towards the end here. The Ravens had three fifth round picks and then nothing else the rest of the official draft. Uh, with pick 160, Sean Wade, corner from the Ohio State University consensus first round pick entering the 2020 season before he moved from the slot to the outside and got fucking torched all year long by everybody um he was dealing with turf toe this past year which is like a weird thing for some of these skill guys it nags and it lingers uh, he had groin surgery the off season before 2020 he had some ambiguous knee injury and uh like practice was limited he has said that like he wished he'd been able to like do more actual practicing but with the ncaa and covid they couldn't so slot to outside pretty significant position change in like the higher levels and uh he sunk rather than swim on the outside this past year and that's what dropped his stock all the way down to the fifth round um i see him as a a pretty solid backup plan to Tavon young um and We'll just see. Tavon Young's missed like 45 games in his career. His career's not been long. So um, I think Sean Wade is a plus player as a depth slot guy, which is basically where he stands right now. And if his upside is he beats out Tavon Young, then that is exceptional because Tavon Young is a really good slot corner. The thing about backup plans to Tavon Young is that most of the time they're just plans. That's the thing. So he might just have to be good. I think he is good. Or, I think if if he is forced into the slot role, I, I'm fine with it right now without seeing him in preseason or anything. Like I'm cool with that. I'm just going to admit, I'm just going to admit right now that I don't get it. 
Like, I don't get why he stank. I don't or know. Stinks. He it's might be. He might different? stink right now. I don't, I don't know. It looked to me like when he was on the outside, people just like ran by him, which to me, like if you just like let people run by you, then you get you'd be even worse in the slot, because there's so much more variability to where a person can run to. But for some reason, maybe it's because there's so many shorter routes. He's not used to, like, turning his hips and running with people or something. But, like, it just didn't make sense to me. So I just couldn't figure it out. So I don't know if he's good or not. It's the fifth round, so it's the kind of time when you'd be like, well, he was good two years ago at a slightly different position, so maybe he's fine. You know, maybe it's going to be fine. So I don't blame the Ravens for taking him. It's good that you admitted all the stuff that you did. Because that made it so that I didn't have to point all that stuff out. Um, high risk, high reward. Yeah. That's fine. Yep. Good luck. And if another person sends me fucking Devontae Smith highlights from the college football playoff, and it's like, ooh, this is the Ravens draft pick getting fucking burnt, I will end this podcast. All right. For the record, enough, enough of that. I was really excited. I was really excited about that. So I watched the <laughs> Devontae Smith highlights from the college football playoff because I really wanted to talk about all the times that Devontae Smith. Like I was excited about that. I was like, "This is perfect" because you're not going to see him suck on his highlights. Yeah. Guess what? Devontae Smith hardly was guarded by him. He was hardly got like those 200 yeah. yards in the first half. It was like a couple catches. It was like one back shoulder. Yeah. that he didn't look very good on uh and the back shoulder is like notoriously difficult to guard especially if you change positions and don't practice so like honestly that was a huge letdown for me a huge huge letdown so whoever <laughs> was out there bones, bones. saying yeah. to watch that like you that's a minus one okay very disappointed because i was i wanted to weaponize that against joey and it, it failed me all right, uh, another double dip with the next pick, 171 overall. The Ravens drafted Dalen Hayes, another defensive end, edge guy from Notre Dame, a team captain, um, a high-motor guy. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Edge. I was hoping you'd be more excited about him. Edge is in need, and uh, so if he brings some rotational depth, like, sick. I can't figure this guy out either. The Ravens have all these picks that I can't quite figure out. They're either, like, good players, but they don't fit, or they're, like, players that I can't tell if they're even good at all. This is the category that Dalen Hayes fits in. Yeah, He's, like... To me, when I watched him, he was like, clearly felt like a defensive end. And I know that that versus outside linebacker versus edge, it's all like very blurred. But he felt like a defensive end. But in his highlights that I was watching, like he's he's got all these highlights in pass coverage. It's like always doing this pass coverage stuff. But he doesn't even look that good in pass coverage. He just sort of ends up making plays in pass coverage. 
a lot of them are in the flat, which is a natural place for a guy that's not that good to go out to, to just sort of be big and to take up space. But not all of them. He's like dropping into coverage. He's like doing coverage things. But he doesn't look that good doing it. But yet his best plays are often doing it. <laughs> I don't get it. And his sacks seemed mostly manufactured. Like they weren't like off of like good pass rush moves. Right, like standout so performance. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, the Ravens can manufacture a pass rush, but they can also do it for anyone that's not Dalen Hayes. So I don't know. I can't tell. I just can't tell if he's worth caring about. Yeah. And then the final draft pick for the Ravens in 2021, Ben Mason, tight end slash fullback from Big Brother Harbaugh at the University of Michigan. Uh, He's no tight end. Of note, Patrick Ricard is a free agent after this season. Um, Ben Mason's nickname is Bench Press. Uh, That's in the plus box. It's another, another fun fullback that the Ravens have in camp. Um, and this is the best quote of anybody that anyone in the AFC North drafted this year, even better than the Ben Cleveland quote. My mental process is I'm the baddest dude on the field at all times. Ben Mason, ladies and gentlemen, the guy's a fullback. That's like, pretty that's, good. Yeah. <laughs> for the record, if you're looking for quotability, Najee Harris has already been endearing himself to the Pittsburgh community by his dry sense of humor when dealing with the Pittsburgh media. So there's more than just Ravens draft picks that are doing clever, fun things, okay? You don't have <laughs> the monopoly on that. Uh, ben Mason fits right into the mold here. Like, you, you can get over the fifth-round pick of him because he it was their last pick so it was effectively a seventh round pick like it was the last time they were going to get to pick so they took them makes sense here's a question i want to ask you is it better if he makes the team which spells the end of ricard or is it better if he gets cut um so Ricard is like a fan favorite and he's fun because he's huge I the Ravens have had this type of fullback before right he, he's more of a Kyle Juszczyk type of guy than a Patrick Ricard. Um, I don't know. They're so different stylistically. Like, it's kind of... For me, it's not a fair comparison. Um, Ricard is more of a power, like, super power fullback, right? Being 300 pounds. And um, Ben Mason is more of, like, a new-agey fullback where he does a little bit of, like, the running and the pass catching things um so 
I think really it would just inform what the Ravens think they are going to look like stylistically past this season. Or if they can get a deal with Ricard. You're trying to tiptoe and dance because you want to love all the fullbacks, but there's only going to be one. That's the way it is. There's only going to be one. And I'm going to just tell you the answer to the question I asked. It's better if he gets cut. This kid is a smaller by about 50 pounds, Mm -hmm. less athletic. Like, dude, Ricard like hurdles people. This kid doesn't. This kid doesn't do that shit. Less good pass catcher. He caught like three passes in college. You can pretend he's new age because he's newer, but he's not actually. He isn't. He is not better at any of this stuff than Ricard. You know what he is? Cheaper. He's cheaper and he's worse. <laughs> so, look, if it if you're talking about like almost any other team, you're fired up about this because he can probably develop his pass catching skills he's he's good fullback he jumps in there he's got the quote he lives up to that quote when you watch the highlights he's he's punching people in the mouth it's awesome the problem is is that the ravens already have mike tyson you just don't you're just not gonna equal it and look dude sometimes you just have to admit that a player matters to your scheme and that player matters more than traditional value so what the ravens need to do is look themselves in the mirror to costa you gotta look yourself in the mirror and you gotta say that was a mistake you just gotta cut this guy put him on your practice squad if it makes you feel better with your honor and let him get picked off by some other team because you can't protect him for the whole season or whatever this guy's just not as good he's just not as good you think he's going to play defense? Dude, Ricard can still play defensive <laughs> end. If everybody gets COVID or the next pandemic that sweeps through, Ricard can play both ways. Dude, who does that shit? He's so yeah. good. He's at least worth another contract. And guess what? Nobody drafts fullbacks. So you're going to get the best one when you need the best one. I like Ben Mason, but he doesn't make any sense on this team. Yeah. I'll say it for you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Just in case the Ravens decide to go with Ben Mason, I have to keep a, <laughs> I have to keep yeah, deniability. Maybe they can hide him on the practice squad until he develops some of the pass catching. Um, dude, it's like a big deal that Ricard weighs three hundred pounds. Like, yeah, you yeah, can say huge. Ben Mason is a tight end. It's a huge part of the run game. You can say it. The Steelers say that Jalen Samuels is a tight end is he no no he's not a tight end that is laugh out loudable ben mason similar situation like you can't put him in line and at this point at least so i'm sorry i'm sorry to be a disappointment and frankly he's not even as fun as rex steiner was last year so that's why i'm nipping this at the bud now like rex steiner was super fun so it was worth the flight of fancy this guy is fine, but we're not going through a flight of fancy for this business. And, and you can do the mental gymnastics later if he stays on the team, but it would be a bummer for your overall success. All righty. That wraps up our 2021 draft coverage. 
for the AFC North. Does it, oh, it does not. Does I did it? it two teams in a row. Undrafted free agents. My <laughs> undrafted free agent to highlight fills a need, is a fun little player, emphasis on little. Ardarius Washington. He's a safety from TCU. Uh, the Ravens like to play with this like ambiguous defensive back safeties corners what's Jimmy Smith these days they did it with Brandon Carr um Ardarius Washington is five foot eight but he makes plays he ball hawks and he is not afraid to stick his nose in some offensive business and lay the wood and uh free safety we talked about Deshaun Elliott's contract being up um Stevens is by no means like safe on this roster or a lock to be the incumbent at free safety or anything like that um I I honestly think Jimmy Smith is a more likely free safety fill-in uh, if they figure his contract out uh, but our Darius Washington is going to be a fun guy uh, especially when he gets in these preseason games and he gets to fly around the back end um, his highlight tapes are pretty fun he is very small uh, and that's why he didn't get drafted so our Darius Washington that's good I'm glad that you had like a real one um, <laughs> because mine is frankly it's mostly a joke at your expense <laughs> uh, I apologize it's just the way it is uh, are you familiar with Dante Silensu uh-uh. oh man uh, wide receiver out of Graceland University and more importantly Boynton Beach Community High do you know anything about Boynton Beach Community High? It's in Florida. Well, it's where Lamar Jackson went to high school. Oh. Uh, you get where <laughs> I'm going here, don't you? Guess who caught 10 touchdown passes from Lamar in high school? One Dante Silensu. So basically, this is the guy that has the... Hey, this is the Jamar friend. Chase to Lamar. Has, I think, I didn't do the exact calculations, but I think day one, he steps on that field and he's caught more touchdowns than anyone <laughs> on the Ravens from Lamar. Except for Andrews, probably. Except for Andrews yeah. and I think Hollywood has, has outdone him, but he's, he's their wide receiver three. Hell yeah, that's right? what I'm fucking talking about. Chemistry, we got, we got. You know, he's got the Richard Higgins factor. You know, you just can't get rid of this guy because of the chemistry. That's the right. Chemistry. So this is the guy that's going to supersede your number one pick that everyone's like, oh, the value, the value. Your fourth round pick that's super exciting. It's all about Dante Silensu, and it's spelled all French. So there's all sorts of letters on it. So it's going to be a real jersey filler. It's going to be a great. That's a win. It's going to be great. Keep an eye out. Hell yeah. yeah. So I'm really hoping that he at least makes it into the preseason a little bit. 
just to see the cylinder. I'm going to spell it S Y L E N D I E U X. Right? You got to love that. Hell yeah. Dante Cylinder. I'm sold already. Go, go Ravens. Jamar go Ravens. Chase and Joe Burrow, who? We have the real dynamic duo in Baltimore. Lamar, right. prob- Lamar probably right. threw about about four, five, six, seven touchdown passes to him today. First day of OTAs. I think that that's a conservative estimate. Yeah. <laughs> that is fun. I'm glad you picked that one. <laughs> All right. And but now, on a fun note, we will end our 2021 draft coverage. Um, we'll probably take a little layoff here uh, until training camp at the least. You know, once once hard knocks gets rocking and preseason gets rocking, I'm sure we'll we'll get back on here and talk about rosters and position battles and previewing schedules and things of that nature. Um, yeah. Anything we you... always do an episode where we predict wins. You know, mm-hmm. we predict each season's win loss. Um, you know, we'll probably do two episodes where we break the division in half and kind of just like look at where the team's at sometime during the preseason. And if it's anything like last year, we picked a couple positions and we took one player from each team and compared that, that was player fun. at that yeah. position. Um, so that might be a thing that we do as summer wears on and and we just get that itch um but it's summertime fun time for us and for you guys so we'll let you enjoy your hockey playoffs and pretend that you like baseball and uh and spend time with your families and we'll be on social media that's social media yeah we'll be around everybody have a fantastic summer enjoy otas enjoy the pre-preseason hype train. Enjoy hearing me talk about Hollywood Brown and how incredible he's going to be this season. And we'll probably talk to you around late July, August. Peace. Be well.